0: Thanks for joining us for Episode 4 of the Exploding Rabbit Podcast. I'm going to give you a little rundown of the episode. The main feature we talk about is of course the release of the preview version of Super Mario Crossover 4.0. We go pretty in depth about what that means, why it's a big deal, even though it's very glitchy currently. And then we talk about rebuilding the Exploding Rabbit community because we did launch a Discord server today also. But I gotta say, my favorite part of this episode is when Matt and I have a debate about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's a lot of fun. We disagree completely. And then we close out the episode with something a little bit different. We talk about some real-world issues and how they're affecting our lives and also our ability to create. So that's what we got in store for you. Let's get to it.
1: All right, well, it's been a while, but we're back. Uh, My name is Matt Geyer, and I'm here with... Jay Pavlina. All right, so yeah, there's been a, a lot of time between... The last time I recorded, and this time, lots of stuff has happened. Um, instead of trying to apologize or make up for it or anything like that,
0: I apologize for nothing.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we can go right into it and, and say, uh, "What have you been up to with uh, Exploding Rabbit and Super Mario Brothers crossover?"
0: I did want to briefly comment on uh, the last episode. We talked about, or I talked about how I was gonna take another job and like do that instead of working <laughs> on my own projects. I do remember that now that you mention it. Yeah, I decided not to do it cuz I like the stuff I'm doing too much and I just felt bad about even though I wasn't going to completely stop. I was just like I've already come this far. It's it's not smart to just go into something else even if it gives financial security, which is, you know, kind of important, but
1: but yeah, so that's that's good. I actually kind of totally forgot that you even took that job because it has been or you didn't take the job, but you were offered the job. It's, it's been that. I long. I actually
0: told them I was taking it, and I was like, "Never mind, I'm not taking it." <laughs> <laughs> it's like seriously. Like as soon as I said I will do it, then I was like, "This is not right." And it was actually that. It was actually at that moment that I decided to do the main focus of this episode, the greatest announcement in the history of video game announcements. Super Mario Brothers crossover 4.0. What version of Flash is this built on? None.
1: What? <laughs> Do they even allow games that not are not built on Flash?
0: Actually, they don't allow games on Flash anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I actually get a lot of... Uh, because there's a discord comment thing on the uh SNBC webpage and a lot of the comments are just like there's just like I can't play it because it's flash are you going to make it not flash
1: you can you can actually play it like I've played it in the modern versions of web or uh, in firefox yeah. and chrome you just have to allow the plugin
0: yeah so you have <laughs> to take action which is difficult for a lot of people you know doing something <laughs> not um, just having it work automatically It's really
1: cool, though. Um, So I've actually uh, played an alpha build of the WebGL version, and it's cool. Like, there's so many things that have happened between when you originally released Super Mario Bros. Crossover and now, so many niceties that you expect um, that it's cool. But I'll I'll let you go and and talk a little bit about some of the changes that you've made between the two.
0: Well, I mean, the focus wasn't, um, at least not yet, I mean the focus wasn't to make changes i'm actually a little curious about uh what changes you're talking about
1: oh just some of the like
0: um it's
1: higher res oh. than the flash version uh it runs a little bit smoother
0: now because it's rendered and it's also on widescreen yes and also by the way when people listen to this they'll you can play the game what um, it is released right now are you saying right now <laughs> yes right now but it's all it's a very shitty version of the game. It's like very buggy. You know, it's a preview. I'm even going to call it an experimental preview just to, uh, exaggerate how it's not really ready, but you can play it anyway. Cause who cares? Like I used to really care about not releasing stuff early and like making sure when I'd release something, it's like very polished, but it takes too long. And I'd rather we start uh, communicating with the community and stuff so yeah we released a preview version so that the community can start talking about it and uh involved and stuff i mean have you seen the steam
1: pages like you can release the game that you sent me is more complete than some of the stuff on steam really oh my gosh <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, there's some cause, garbage up there
0: because you're actually playing an even earlier version than I'm releasing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and even then, like, it was extremely playable. At least, you know, there wasn't any, like, game, completely game-breaking things that I've encountered. It's not complete by any stretch, but, like, I didn't encounter a hard crash and the whole thing just quit out.
0: Yeah, I'm actually, that did happen to me once. So, I'm, I don't know, we'll see. People will be able to submit um, bug reports in the game in the future because that's actually a feature that Unity added recently. The game is built in Unity for people that don't know, and yeah, they actually added a feature uh, for allowing users to report bugs, which is pretty cool.
1: So, what is the um, is there any like pitch that you have for this, or is there anything you wanted to highlight between um, the last time we
0: talked and and this version? I can say that what my goals are, I guess. Yeah. The main goal is just to get it working. <laughs> um, like not, not every feature of the flash version, but most of them, um, there's, there's some features in the flash version that I don't even think I'm going to do. Like, uh, the modern power up mode. Do you even know what I'm talking about?
1: I don't think I do. No. Yeah.
0: Cause nobody liked it. Um, <clears throat> that, That was, that actually taught me a little bit about game design back when we were working on, it was version 2.0. I had this like vision of like going through the levels and collecting like multiple power-ups and you keep on collecting the power-ups and each one like gives you a different ability. Um, Like Mega Man was collecting each of his special weapons one by one, Um, but then if you get hit, you lose them. So then we realize that that doesn't work with this game because you get hit um, pretty often, especially mm-hmm. if you play it on hard mode. So yeah, the the three tier power up system definitely works best. O- only like the you know the long time players will know this mode, this what we called modern power up mode, which is also a dumb name. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually so that's one of the hardest things about programming that people don't realize is like things get abstracted and sometimes you have to actually go into like, what is this called? Uh, well it's like object. Yeah. Person. Totally
0: do. Yeah. An an example of that is that in the code, like in the game, you know, people call them characters. Mm -hmm. Like it's called the character select screen, but in the code I call them contenders because I want to be more specific.
1: I kind of like that better select your contender
0: yeah i've i'm pretty like maybe a little too selective about words like i'll open up the thesaurus and be like all right which word like really describes what i'm trying to say here um and yeah contender was a word that means it's like a a person that has a a goal basically Mm -hmm. to contend is to actually don't quote me on that i might be wrong i think that's what it means
1: (laughs) but you're not wrong i've actually had not like like yelling screaming matches but like at work coming up with the name for the next thing or the next yeah you know we've gone back and forth on what it should be called it should be called this because and it gets into this very um high level like English. What does this mean? What do people think it means? Yeah,
0: I I have the best example I remember from when we were working on Super Retro Squad. Um, That was my experience working with the team, and (laughs) there was one thing that we just like could not find a word that everyone agreed on, and it was like um, Jean Marc was programming his character builder system. He did. We did have a video um, demonstrating it, but. We were trying to name the thing that's like the core of the character that like controls them. And like he wanted to call it spirit. But then another person on our team was like, that's too religious. I don't want to call it spirit. And then, then what we eventually decided on was driver. Okay. And then it was also a subset. So then, so then when you were, um, when you were like, when you were a human controlling the character, like a player-controlled character, then we called that human driver. <laughs> and so then that sort of became an inside joke, like human driver, just because of how absurd it ended up being.
1: Yeah, no, that's... Um,
0: but otherwise, it would be human spirit.
1: You know, uh, which I kind of like. And, yeah. and it's not just me who likes it, because you know they have some sort of uh, thing that's related to that
0: in the new Smash Brothers, and they call them spirits. Oh, they do. yeah, I actually don't know anything about the new Smash Brothers. It looks good, but uh, they
1: they kind of um, instead of creating all these new characters, they have like a, a character that's in the game, and then they want to imbue different things that make
0: it seem like it's another character, and so like that is called a spirit. Wow, that's exactly the same thing I'm doing, and that was one of the new features I was going to mention. Uh, so why did you end up copying Nintendo and stealing all their <laughs> ideas? In the code, mine, mine is called Parent Contenders. Oh, okay. And I think we can agree that that sounds better. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. It's funny because Parent Contender actually kind of sounds like something a Japanese company would come up with and translate to English. Yeah. Instead of Spirit.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but I really am doing that. So that's funny that they're doing it too.
1: It seems like it's, you know, two people it, coming to It's all it's already
0: programmed. It um so I will be adding Zelda 2 Link to the game. Cool. And so so you click on Link and then it would show you two different versions of Link that you can play as. It would be like Zelda 1 Link or Zelda 2 Link. From there, it functions the same way. They're like separate characters and stuff. So that's funny. That Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing the same thing.
1: So, um, so this game is built in Unity, which is completely different from Flash and Action Script, um, which is good because this is going to be like way more extensible later down the road than uh, Dead End Platform.
0: I do want to stress that it's a really big deal that the game is at this point. It's the best code I've ever written by far. Um, <clears throat> the majority of like it's been like five years. Uh, has been learning for me how to build like a really solid code foundation that I can use on multiple projects.
1: Yeah, and I, I do actually, and I, I, I agree with you, and I, I kind of want to stress that too, um, since this is ostensibly also about game development. Um, part of building code bases that work is, is building uh, systems that can actually change. And that applies to not only game dev but all software. Instead of trying to build like, I'm going to build this one thing that does this one thing. like You want to build it modularly. You want to build systems that let you really expand upon your foundation and you can take that foundation and apply it to your next project or your next problem that you're trying to solve.
0: Yeah. So this, the code and also the data, which is also a really important part because this game has a lot of data. There's more than 800 songs in the game. Um, I counted it, but I forgot to write it down. I mean, I didn't. I obviously didn't count by hand. I... So I just want to make another
1: comparison, because, like, so Smash Brothers Ultimate is coming out, and they've been hyping it up. And one of the things they've been hyping is how many songs they have in the game. And they even imp- implemented a mode just for listening to songs. So
0: has Nintendo been spying on me?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it is. Sakurai is actually... He's right behind you right now.
0: Well, I mean, they did, like start putting they sort of put like link into uh like Super Mario Maker. They they were just costumes, but they mm-hmm. did I mean people were showing me the screenshots like, hey this is your game. And so I don't know, I feel like Nintendo has been monitoring me and they have. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway to explain the data, um yeah more than 800 songs I bet you Smash Brothers doesn't have that many no
1: <laughs> it's like a hundred plus or something like that
0: yeah I should uh, look up the exact number. I think it's 900 something um, so in the and the, and the music is just one part of the data there's also uh, just in the we also have multiple map packs for the game although this first version only has the regular Super Mario Brothers. But that's 32 levels in the first map pack, and then I think 64 in special. Lost Levels has like 80 or 90-something levels, and then we also had easy and hard versions of each of those levels. And then each level is... Think of how many things are in a level. Like, there's all that data, all the tiles, and enemy placements and all that. And then we also have skins in the game. Uh, There's just Mega Man alone has like... 30 skins or something. I'm, I'm going to be combining Mega Man and base's skins. Um, so there's like over a hundred skins just for characters. Each skin has its own palettes. Uh, again, Mega Man has a lot of palettes because of all of his, uh, special weapons. This it's just a ridiculous amount of data. And then there's also the map skins and all those have their own palettes. There's different themes for each uh, like different levels can have different themes, you know, like you can have like a snow level and then each skin has all the themes and each theme has palettes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just...
1: And and actually, so where they originally came from, like NES games or Super Nintendo games or, you know, Game Boy or whatever, where their original source was, they had a very specific way that they compressed that and the way that the hardware itself um, expanded on that with palettes and everything. When you're talking about a modern usage of that stuff everything just balloons up too so you know you actually have a bit image for uh for a specific tile or or sprite um as well as the audio is is not just played through the actual chip and it's like a tracker file it's so you're it's
0: actually like, uh, you're actually wrong <laughs> about some of the stuff you're saying in in many cases you're right uh, well, just, like, specifically on the music, I am actually using the exact same format.
1: You're, like, using NSFs and stuff?
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. You didn't know that? Well, I figured that at
1: one point there was an NSF, and then it no, was converted I mean, into Wave game, or MP3.
0: The game would be, like, 500 megabytes or something if all that music y- was...
1: <clears throat> well, a lot of games like that are,
0: though. Oh, but I couldn't afford the, the bandwidth for that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I'm learning about that. But, I mean, it's not absurd to think that. A lot of people do just implement through um, act, well, actually, like MP3s so, or something um, like let's that. let's
0: talk about the music now because that is another topic that I want mm-hmm. to talk about. So, yeah, the music, um, it's not... I think there might be a few songs that aren't emulated, but just about every song in the game is emulated in the original uh, music format. So for Nintendo, that's NSF. For Game Boy, it's GBS. For Super Nintendo, that's SPC. Uh, there's a lot of them. And and that's the same way it was in the Flash version. The original version of Super Mario Crossover, um, I can't remember what version it was added, but in the first few versions, um, yeah, the music was, as you say, it was MP3. Um, and that's why the first version was actually bigger in file size than like, it actually got smaller. (laughs) So for all of those, um, encoders
1: or decoders, do you, did you write that yourself or did you find people who have written, um, you know, NSF players or. Yeah. It's
0: called game music MU. Okay. And so it, it's a collection of, um, and they're actually emulators, so it's it's not encoding or decoding. It's actually emulating the console. Uh, so like when you're listening to an NSF, it's actually emulating part of a Nintendo to play that. And that's why yeah, did... it
1: has like a waveform in one of the channels that it modulates, and that's how.
0: Yeah, and also the different formats then actually have different performance because um, emulating the Super Nintendo music. Uh, just requires more computations than
1: the N- Super Nintendo chip uh uses um samples. Yeah. So.
0: Correct. So yeah, it's not technically emulating and that or synthesizing in that case. It's uh playing the samples. Mm-hmm. But it is but I guess it is still emulating the Super Nintendo and how it interprets that data.
1: Right. I was just commenting on that yeah. the
0: performance increase
1: is is higher because it's a more complicated chip than something like uh the NES.
0: Yeah. 2 A 3 Right. Yeah, and I'm also... And again, this was actually the same for the Flash version. Uh, most of the sound effects are also done with Game Music MU. That's how we can keep the file size down. When you've started the Flash version, I don't know if you've looked at it for a long time, but... I played it...
1: When I played the Alpha, I went back and I was like, are my memories clear? So I did end up playing the Flash yeah, so, version
0: recently. Um, You know how when you start the game, there's a counter? Like, it starts counting up. That's actually converting all of the sound effects, oh, so however many it's like a hundred and twenty or something. those are sound effects being converted to wave format
1: um yeah, I mean that is that is honestly one of the things that I don't think a lot of people think about is is just if you especially if you're trying to pull like a classic thing like you are like you're 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 pulling art and and sound and assets from from other things. Um, that's going to take up a lot of space. I recently installed Battlefield One, which has a bunch of four K high assets, and the whole file size is like eighty gigs. Like it's just mostly like Jeez, textures yeah. and sounds and stuff like that, models.
0: Yeah, I mean, since this is a web game, I try to do every trick I can to get it small. And uh, audio is usually the the biggest thing, especially music, because they're long. You know, mm-hmm. um, sound effects and most game sound effects aren't actually compressed just cuz they're they're shorter and then there's no like delay or anything. But that's cool. I don't know how many people actually know
1: that that is not just playing um a wave file or an mp3 file. It's
0: a... I mean, the people that used to be in the community know cuz we talked about it all the time and it was actually a result of the community and that's to kind of show the power of communities. Um and the influence that they can have on the games.
1: Or if it was influenced by the community, I'm curious. Why was that the um, idea that they came to?
0: I don't know. Somebody just like posted in the forum. This was back when we had a forum. Um, they said, like, hey, have you seen this uh, game music MU? Um, this would let you put more music in the game. And it would also you know, take up less space. And it's also then uncompressed because music files in a game are usually compressed. So right. you're actually... When you listen to the music in super mario crossover it's completely uncompressed it's the actual sound that was played in the original games um and yeah so they were just like hey that'd be really cool if you can put this in the game because it would like decrease the file size and we would get the actual music and i just wasn't aware of it at that time and at that time i didn't really even know a lot about programming even though i just made the game but I still feel like I made that the first, the Flash version of the game I made without really knowing what I was doing. Because I did actually try to port the actual code, which was written in ActionScript 3. Um, I was actually just looking at it. There was a video I put out in 2014 where I said that I was um, converting Super Mario Crossover to HTML5 by converting the ActionScript to hacks. Yep this hacks can run in HTML5. And the reason that I stopped that is just cuz the code was so bad <laughs> that I didn't I just didn't want to mess around with that code anymore cuz <clears throat> even in 2014 I had advanced a lot in my program, programming skills not not as much as I am now but uh I just remember like I was trying to change stuff in the code and it was just like impossible.
1: Yeah, sometimes you gotta know when like to just cut it cut and run um yeah sometimes old code bases like you start out with best intentions or whoever wrote it starts out with best intentions and it it mutates and it grows and it's it just becomes like this ugly mess that it's actually easier to just take the things you've learned and just start over even if it the the ramp up time to getting something playable is is higher than yeah, you and that, just try to port it.
0: And that is why I was trying to stress how big of a deal this was, because um, this is the result of, like, five years of experimentation and research, and uh, this code is super flexible, so we'll be able to add new stuff a lot easier now. Um, and the another reason I stopped working on the Flash version is just, like, the game just, like, wouldn't build anymore because there was so much stuff in it, and, like... So I kind of hit a wall with that and I couldn't even work on it. And also just the code was such a mess that it's really hard to add stuff because you'd have to just go in like random places in the code and change something here and change something there. Whereas now it's like really organized. Another reason talking about the data, um, in the flash version there was no like separate data except for the levels. They were in an XML file, but the rest of it was just like in the code, mm-hmm. like just like constants written directly in the code. Right. So you couldn't change, like, well, I mean, if you wanted to change like enemy health, it's like you got to go into the code, you want to change numbers, you want to change like movement speed, you got to go in the code. And it's like now that is all separate. And that's why um, I'm kind of hoping to actually make the game moddable in the future. Since all of the data is outside of the game, I was thinking about open sourcing the data part of the project, and then people would be able to make their own skins. Probably that's mostly what people would do is make skins. Um, I actually don't have a new level workflow done yet, just because for now I'm just converting the old levels. Um, but I will be making a new way to make levels. Um, And all of that, again, since it's the data is actually like separate from from the code now, (laughs) uh, people can have access to that.
1: You know, I I mostly do web stuff uh, just because, you know, I I do database web and uh, front end stuff. That's like my job day to day. But that's kind of required is like separating that out. So all the data is in a database somewhere. So you're always pulling that in from from elsewhere. It's never like really hard
0: coded into it or shouldn't be hard coded into it. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Yeah. But I didn't know anything back then, so... Oh,
1: yeah, I'm not saying, like, how did you not know, you (laughs) dumb idiot? (laughs) Um, But no, it is is super exciting, especially now that it's in Unity. I mean, Unity is a major game engine, and so it has a lot of support. I'm not saying it's the best engine out there. I'm just saying
0: there's a lot of people who use it. Oh, yeah. Um, I did also want to talk briefly about um, the final... uh, What's that called? like the programming methodology that I settled on. Sure. Since we do like to focus on game dev. Yes. In our last game dev discussion about like frameworks and why can't I think of, <laughs> I can't think of what that's called. the like paradigms. I don't remember what they're called. But anyway, ECS. Entity is, component. Well, like ECS is Enti- Entity Component System. Mm-hmm. I was using a framework called Entitas last time Mm -hmm. we talked and I did run into some issues that I don't even, I don't really know how people programming with it comfortably. I mean, unless there was something I was missing, um, everything was really dependent on the order, the order that you would actually put the systems into the code, um, would be really important. And then having things react in real time was difficult. So, i found this framework called ecs rx okay rx is short for reactive extensions which was first um microsoft kind of invented that uh and then everyone started adopting it for other programming languages this is the thing that uses eye observable sure you told me you don't use that right
1: um i i don't just yet um I did look at it way back when, like two Christmases ago, I guess, when we talked about it. Yeah,
0: we talked about it.
1: Um, I just haven't gotten around to really implementing it anywhere.
0: No, I mean, it's the best. Um, it's like Link, but with streams of data.
1: Link is so wonderful.
0: <laughs> See, if you like Link, you should use Reactive Extensions.
1: I might have to.
0: Anyway, so this framework, ECS-RX... So easy to use. So beautiful. Like it just made the code so nice and happy. <laughs> the little letters of the code are just dancing together, celebrating. Celebrating with how like simple they are. <laughs> You're using
1: a different editor than I'm using. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I use JetBrain's Rider, by the way, to write code.
1: I'm still on Visual Studio. It's
0: highly highly recommended. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was the final framework that I chose and it wasn't too hard uh, to switch to like a non-reactive ECS to the reactive version and this isn't really, um, a reactive ECS isn't a thing this is just uh, this guy, uh, his username is Grafit. Um he, I think he just made this up he, he just did like a reactive take on ECS programming architecture and so it allows you to use the ECS paradigm and you can also react to it in real time without using weird ECS tricks Uh, like a lot of times in an ECS like the one I was using before they'll actually create like if they want to create an event like if you want to react to an event in the game or something like let's say you died Mm -hmm. so then they uh, they would actually create like a die event component then they would attach that to an entity, and then another system would react to the entity with that component. But then that doesn't even happen in real time, because each system is actually run separately. And there's advantage, there's performance advantages to that.
1: Yeah, because you're always trying to have things run asynchronously. Yeah, and...
0: so, so don't get me wrong, like, there's a reason, there's a reason that ECSs don't react to things in real time, um, and it's for performance, but I just want it to be simple. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually something
1: that um, I, I don't know. remember where I even read it, but like games are particularly hard to write in a way that is asynchronous and parallel because so many things happen at each frame. Like there's a, there's yeah. a hard time you need to have everything done by for that frame, no matter whatever the frame rate you want, you need to have it there because it needs to render it to the screen. So it doesn't lend itself easily to that. So you really, It's a really complicated problem to think through of what systems aren't reliant on that specific thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why everyone is switching to ECS because it can be Mm multi-threaded. Not being able to to react to stuff instantly was just driving me crazy because, like, you might, I don't know, you might, like, change an animation or something or, like, you might take the health away. Like, you have a health component and you, like, you say, okay, subtract one from health and it's like but that has that change hasn't been like pushed to everything that needs to know about it yet so then so then the game is like in this weird state where like some things know that you took damage and then some things don't whereas if it's reactive it's like everything knows instantly it's like okay you got hit i don't care when this happened or whatever like i'm gonna react to this now (laughs) and that's just way simpler
1: yeah and that's essentially how you kind of have to especially with games like with health that's a great example like you need to know when you're dead or you take damage because of everything else that relies on that
0: yeah so like if you were doing it the other way like if you accidentally put one of your systems that needs to react like let's say your uh your death system <laughs> that sounds weird the death system <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's uh my new metal band it's pretty it's pretty good
0: so like you have the, the system that actually will kill something if its health is zero, okay? So like what if you accidentally put that system before the system that damaged you, then you wouldn't actually die until the next frame. So the player, if you have a keen eye, and gamers are smart, you know, they'll see that you actually died one frame later than you should have. And oh, yeah. that's, not, that's not good enough for me.
1: Or like if an enemy is attacking you and you take all of their health, like they might have an extra frame to damage you still if they weren't. Yeah.
0: So things would be off by one frame. So that's called state, you know, Um, and the whole advantage of um, using reactive X is you eliminate state because there's no point in time then where some things think you have one health and some things think you have two health. Then when it's, purely reactive it's like everything knows instantly there's no there's no state there's no point where you were in between in flux so that's my little explanation for why I think ECSRX is a great framework and it's made by a great person super helpful he's always answering people's questions they have a discord server I'll uh, post a link in the podcast show notes whatever they're called (laughs)
1: <laughs> cool um well that's really exciting so while we wrap up this this section for um you know the big announcement um is there anything you wanted to hit on uh we hopefully will be doing more frequent podcasts as we are trying to compress them down and because you're back from the dead basically uh now that you have this release
0: yeah Explod- exploding rabbit is now back from the dead officially um so another thing that i want to talk about uh it's not directly related to the game but so we're, we're kind of rebuilding the Exploding Rabbit community now because a community sort of they kind of thrive on like a project a project like Super Mario Cross that, that they can sort of rally around um, our community sort of died like we did have a, a pretty vibrant community um, back in like 2012 2013 um, But then the community sort of died down as like releases got really slow and we were trying to do super retro squad, but that wasn't working well. And so a community really thrives when there's like a project that is getting consistent releases. And so that's, what's more exciting about this since the code and the, the workflow for creating assets is like so efficient and clean. um, We're going to be able to do updates more often also i'm not gonna make any announcements yet but this this will not be the only game we're doing obviously uh this is sort of the beginning of like a waterfall like if you can think of like a dam or something and like yeah i don't think i'm doing well with this metaphor
1: no i get it i get it (laughs) yeah there's a lot of water
0: just expect so much water We should get some of that water to california to help them with the fires oh for real though we're gonna be focusing now on the community um i'm not just gonna be having my head down coding like i have been for like five years um we're gonna be focusing more on that and we will be most active on the exploding rabbit discord server which is also open today sweet so today i
1: will be on there yeah, as well that
0: will be on there um We did have a Discord server, but it used to be exclusive for patrons. But now it's open to everyone. Um, And we have a channel for Super Mario Crossover. So get in there. You know. uh, Talk to us. Tell us what you want to see in the new version. Uh, Don't report bugs because there's no point because I already know about them. He's got a big brain
1: (laughs) and they're all full of bugs.
0: Well, there's just so many. It's like (laughs) There, it's just, When you see a bug, all it means is just I haven't had time to, to fix that yet. Um, so, but yeah, the Discord server, I use Discord all the time for other stuff, so I'll be on there all the time. It's totally going to be the best way to uh, talk to us, talk to me, yeah. give us feedback on things. And I don't know, do you think we should have a channel specifically for the podcast I think so, yeah. So we can do that. We can have a yeah. podcast channel.
1: People can ask us, you know, what things that they find interesting and they want us to cover more deeply as well.
0: Going forward from this, we will start uh having more community stuff on the podcast that will Oh yeah. we'll talk about what what people are talking about. We can post an announcement say like what questions you want us to answer on the next podcast. Uh, we can do all kinds of stuff.
1: One of the, you know, I stream almost every week with one of my friends and my favorite part is interacting with people who end up coming in there with the chat and all that stuff. So I, I can't imagine that, um, the podcast doesn't even get better from here, uh, being able to interact with people in the community.
0: Yeah. And I also should mention, um, to me, this is like the beginning of the real podcast. And I sort of considered the three episodes we did before as sort of like testing and just kind of experimenting and i feel like we kind of got this thing down now. We kind of know what we're doing. We kind of we like to focus on one big topic and then do like a, little, a few smaller topics, you know. I did get some feedback on that and people really do like that we do a deep dive and that we go into detail about game development.
1: Yeah, i think that there's not a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, period, and i listen to a lot of podcasts about gaming and sometimes game dev, but a lot of people like to go shallow because they're afraid of I I don't know if they're afraid but I think that they don't want to because it feels boring but I think that there's a need
0: for that there's not a lot of people who do it so so I think this podcast is gonna be super cool I mean I think it's already pretty good but I think it's just gonna keep getting better I think so too uh I actually added a podcast button in the game so that people can uh (laughs) you can like be playing the game you're like I'm in the mood for some exploding rabbit podcast (laughs) you can yes from directly from the game you can click the podcast button listen to us
1: i hope that you find that good listen to it 10 times just keep listening to the (laughs) same episodes they get better on every repeat
0: yeah and another thing um it will we'll get community feedback on this but um we do have a patreon um and that covers both the podcast and the game development uh since i do work on free games uh for now still it's not glitch strikers has not been canceled by the way um oh yeah and i should mention yeah i really wanted to talk about that actually <laughs> i forgot but uh we have
1: more episodes we can yeah keep going just
0: briefly maybe we can focus yeah. on it more next time sure this this code this code isn't just for super Mario Bros. Crossover, this this code and this workflow, this data workflow, asset workflow that I've developed um, are for all of my games. And that's why this uh, is really good news for Glitch Strikers. Because, I mean, all I do is I just copy all that code, move it to a different project, and then we have a platforming engine for a different game for Glitch Strikers. I start building unique levels, unique characters, enemies, bosses, then that's how we do it. So this is really good for that.
1: Yeah. I, again, and we touched on it briefly, but build systems, systems are way better because you can iterate project after project, make little tweaks to that, but you can really crank out some good stuff if you have a solid foundation.
0: Yeah. So I was not dead all of this time. I was, uh, it was long-term foundational building and, and research and, the only way to really learn is to do it and to try and to you have to fail sometimes, but eventually you get there and we finally made it.
1: Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of, um, it's kind of so boring when you're doing that. It's not boring. It's hard it, to explain to people when you're doing foundational work like that because yeah. there's not a product you're saying, I am building stuff. But I don't have anything to show you yet,
0: but I promise there's a lot of work going into it. Yeah, I know. That's why like, showing different projects people were like why can't you decide one project it's like this is all the same project yeah this is just different looks to the same project um so yeah i think we've stressed that enough yes man yeah there's so much to talk about so we, we definitely need to uh do more
1: i don't want to promise anything but we're going to try to get uh more frequent podcasts out there
0: And if it means anything, I will be trying harder now because I wasn't really trying before because I was just focused on getting the game done. But now that we have something out there, I my priorities are shifted now. So I will also be pushing Matt and say, like, we need to record another podcast. Do that. It's I do stuff when it becomes regular. Like if it
1: becomes a part of my schedule that I know this is when I'm doing something Then I'm doing it like when I stream every week with my friend, like that's just part of my schedule now. I don't have to think about it
0: cool yeah so we'll settle on a timeline we'll get feedback from the community um and that will all be very cool
1: so this is a great transition into you've been building this game you know what else there's other games out there
0: there are other games this is not the only game that's true uh so w- why
1: don't you tell me what have you been uh consuming game wise
0: yeah so i'd like to do uh, a contrast here with a game that I really liked and a game that I was, well, let's say a game that I was disappointed in and a game that I was really, like, blown away with how good it was. Surprised. Yeah. A word for that is surprised. It's <laughs> a good word. Solid word. <laughs> okay. So first, the game that disappointed me. You ready for this? I don't Hit know if me. this is going to be surprising. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild.
1: I am surprised, actually.
0: How about first? So you've played this game, right? I I beat it. Like Oh, you beat it?
1: I beat it and the DLC. Wow. All, yeah.
0: You got the bike? I got the bike. <laughs> That's cool, by the way, that they did that. Yeah, I think it's really I, cool. I think more games should break their games. I think breaking games is fun.
1: Yeah, especially at the end when you've done it. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. So what did you like about the game? Tell me that.
1: So... The thing that i that really kind of blew me away about the game and and i i don't know i'm gonna sound like a broken record or i'm not gonna be a broken record but i think it's already been said a million times is the ability to go anywhere and by go anywhere i mean like there's a mountain over there like go climb it there's not i didn't feel the invisible walls there and there was a lot of uh game jank in there like It wasn't super realistic there was things that you kind of ran into that seemed buggy but in general like if you felt like you wanted to go there and you had the stamina to go there you could just do that
0: but a lot of games let you go everywhere
1: like like what though i always feel like whenever i'm playing games like that i always end up hitting the invisible wall in some way
0: okay yeah i do have a specific game to compare it to Um, so, so I did only play the game for two days. I just rented it. So I don't have a full experience of the game, Mm -hmm. but basically the entire time I was playing the game, I was just like, horizon zero dawn is better than this. Have you played horizon zero dawn?
1: No. And actually, I don't know. Like I kind of, I bought it specifically to play. But then Zelda came out, and people were saying, like, if you've played Zelda, like, you don't want to hit Horizon Zero Dawn right away because there are those arbitrary barriers, and you're going to want to feel like, I want to go over there, I want to climb that thing, and you won't be able to.
0: Really? Yeah. I have not played Horizon Zero Dawn. That is this not is what I've experience heard. that I've had. No, I mean, I don't know. I feel like when you see something Horizon Zero Dawn, you can go there. Um, except for, like, the borders of the actual world But Zelda has borders too i mean if you go to the edge of the world and you see something like you can't you know there's there are limits on it
1: yes uh the limits are blown out i feel in zelda as opposed to a lot of different games now i can't i like i said i can't speak specifically to horizon zero dawn as i haven't played it but that was one of the criticisms i got like especially climbing like it's just like oh i can't i can't climb
0: okay so actually the thing that i dislike most about the game is climbing okay the reason that I don't like it is because you climb so slow. Yes. Why do you climb so slow? Like, every time I was climbing, I felt like I was dying inside. Because it takes so long. And then they added a button to allow you to climb faster. But if you use it, they punish you by taking mm-hmm. away your stamina. So then they're just kicking me on the ground, saying, Oh, you want to go fast? Too bad. You lose your stamina.
1: So I will say it, yes. At first, it does feel like that, like that. But it's always you're always pushing yourself a little bit. So as you complete um, the shrines, you can you you gain you can either gain level or you can gain stamina. Um, yeah, but
0: you don't climb faster.
1: Well, you end up being able to use that like quick climb. I have the
0: bandana. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the button. Yeah, because <clears throat> there's actually like gear that you can get that makes you climb faster mm-hmm. but it's still not that fast um it, there the climbing does take a while i mean i
1: can't say that it does it does take a long time um so to but me that d-
0: ruins the game because i'm a busy guy i don't have time to climb slowly you know
1: i felt what that game for me it felt like i was in the world like um i know it's cheesy But it kind of was like I was lost in that. And you learn the systems that make that game up. And that game is very system-heavy, which I actually like. So, you know, they have that chemistry system in there where things catch on fire and there's electricity. Um,
0: I mean, a lot of games have things that catch on fire.
1: I know. I I wasn't saying, like, it's unique in that way. I'm saying it it plays system-heavy. There's a lot of systems in the game. They interact with each other. And to me, like, once you learn that and you learn the language of the game, like, you i get into a flow of like i know i can do this or i can be creative and do this because i know this is how the systems will work and that's really interesting to me
0: yeah i just feel like horizon zero dawn everything that that game does i think horizon zero dawn does better like you have like ice arrows fire arrows in that game um you can like you have electric arrows you can like stun them uh i I just think that game's amazing that's all it probably is <laughs> if if I I'm, I'm certainly not saying if it. i didn't play that game then i would be like yeah this is really cool but also the story it's like
1: the, um zelda stories never really grabbed me in the first place yeah so uh, there
0: was they've always been pretty light on story i just feel like that's a missed opportunity like it, it could be a good story but it's not so i don't know why that's like a 10 for a game
1: uh story-wise i don't think it deserves any i mean it was just yeah. enough to hold the world together but it wasn't anything extreme um i just really enjoyed playing the game i felt the combat was good um the exploration was really good
0: what's what's so good about the combat what's that what's so good about the combat it was tough
1: like you had to learn it um like i i got my
0: ass kicked It seemed really basic to me like you just oh really block and attack and dodge did
1: you die a lot or no
0: yeah yeah, so that's what I always go where I'm not supposed to.
1: Well, that's another thing. Like, it doesn't block you off from going where you're not supposed to, which is cool. Like, you can go there and do whatever you want. Um, you might get your ass handed to you, but they don't they don't yeah, stop
0: you from doing that. But that's like Dark Souls.
1: Yeah, that's like Dark Souls. Yeah, it's a lot of people were, you know, I, I'm. It's a, like a lot of people say, like, oh, this is the blank of Dark Souls. But I do think that that game was probably heavily influenced by. Um, the resurgence of games like dark souls tell me why the stamina
0: is a good system
1: why it's a good system um it makes you feel like you are getting more powerful throughout the game as you progress like you're gaining something some measurable thing to make yourself feel more powerful at the end of the game than when you started
0: but it punishes you by making you do everything slower for most of the game
1: Is there a game that doesn't do that? Like, you get
0: power-ups... Horizon Zero Dawn, you can actually run at full speed.
1: Well, I'm going to have to play Horizon (laughs) Zero Dawn, so I cannot comment on that,
0: but... Most games let you run. It's just, why? Why can't I just run? Why are you punishing me? That's what it feels like to me. It feels like the stamina bar is just there to make everything take longer. Or, like you said, to make you feel like you're getting stronger. But you're actually not. Because when you're climbing... All you can do is eat some food and then you have more stamina. So you actually have infinite stamina all the time.
1: If you get that food though, you got to go exploring for that um, or cook it or or discover it if you're not looking at like a guide. Uh, But it's also a a way to gate your initial progress. So like some mountains are really tall. Some places are really hard to get to and to climb over. So you're going to need additional stamina to get to those places or be creative and find a way around it.
0: Or just eat food.
1: Or find food that gives you stamina.
0: Swift carrots. Yeah. You find those pretty early.
1: I don't know if... And honestly, in my playthrough, I don't know if I ever used food to increase my stamina in my well, personal playthrough. Maybe that's playthrough.
0: why you didn't realize that it's a dumb system. <laughs> because you can do it while you're climbing. It's so stupid. Why can you eat while you're climbing? So if that's,
1: if that's the case aside from like you can just then that's a way around it if you don't like the stamina
0: system then you can just but then you have to pause the game Mm -hmm. like i'm just saying all these things just make the game take longer for no extra joy like i don't want to pause the game and eat a carrot (laughs) i want to keep climbing and i want to climb fast i want to climb slow i don't know what to tell you the climbing to me never was a big obstacle but i (laughs) i don't know To, to me his climbing he looks like a cat he's like like, what is he doing? Why does he climb like that? Because they had a limited animation budget? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I do think, like, I actually like this direction for Zelda. So I do think um, it's a great direction for the series. And, and actually, I do like the game. So that probably... <laughs> it sounds like I don't like it. I do like the game. I just found it I found the stamina very very, very, very annoying that it like just made the game a frustrating experience for me. Did you play Skyward Sword? I played some of it, but I had to stop.
1: That also had a stamina bar
0: that was worse. yeah, I couldn't even finish yeah. that game because I didn't like it.
1: so I think this was an improvement on that, but um, not trying to excuse
0: it if it was bad for you. I don't know. I just, gamers are busy, man. We're, we're busy people. We're adults now. We don't have time to run slowly or climb slowly. We need to run and climb at full speed. Do you have any plans to play Red Dead Redemption 2? I do. I will be putting my entire life aside to play so that game.
1: I'm curious what you say about that because that game has been criticized for being way too animation heavy uh, with how detailed it is me like it makes things way slower to show you like how detailed oh, the animation i'm gonna made. hate that
0: yeah it's all that. over the place oh man now i'm no, i'm not excited anymore
1: i'm sorry <laughs> but it's a good um i'm curious like because of how detailed and how beautiful that game is if it's going to have the same effect that zelda did because zelda does not have it's good it just doesn't have this sort of like extreme detail that red red dead redemption 2 has Wait, what are you saying you're curious to see? If you feel negatively about that game. Oh, if I do. Yeah, yeah, if
0: you do. Well, at least that game will have a story that's not really dumb.
1: It's, like, very story-heavy, so...
0: Yeah. Another thing, just one more more criticism. Yeah? I don't know. I still like Zelda. I like that they based this game on The Legend of Zelda, the first one, because that was my favorite Nintendo game. And another thing that I will say... Um, if I didn't have the internet, I would like the game a lot more probably because then I would just be like exploring, but I don't have time to like, that's what kind of sucks about being an adult is that you don't have time to really play a game the way it's meant to be played because it would take too long. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah. So did you look up guides for Zelda?
0: Uh, sort of, a little bit. I mean, I played it without a guide for a while, and then I saw where there were like some mighty bananas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's mighty bananas on these trees. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get to those trees.
1: Um, one of the things I really liked that I afforded myself, um, was for Zelda. I was like, I don't have any timetable to finish Zelda. So I'm just going to play it whenever I have an Uh, opportunity. I'm just going to load it up. Um, and having that just be the game that I played for a long time was really enjoyable.
0: There's some stuff in games. And for some reason, like in this one, it really just like the cooking system annoys me. It takes too long to try and do all the combinations. So it's like, it feels like it makes sense to just look at a guide for cooking. Sure. Cause like I don't want to take all the time to try all these. It's boring for like that kind of stuff. Uh, I looked that up, um, but I also d- I didn't have a lot of time to play the game because life sucks, you know.
1: It's uh, there's a lot to do in life. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. Well, let me do one other criticism real quick, yeah. and then we can move on. Uh, that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> can't talk. That that thing that you you jump and uh you hold it uh-huh like glider yeah okay you can like fly over the entire game practically mm-hmm. and do you like that um it's again f- that, that goes into
1: like anywhere i feel like i need to go like i have the tools to figure it out and go there there's nothing like
0: impeding me i can just do that which is cool to me but i felt like i missed a lot of the world because i flew over most of it
1: that's kind of like it's a personal choice like you can do that you can get from point a to point b i mean they introduced fast travel
0: later too but fast travel you have to be there first
1: yeah yeah you have to go to the thing and then
0: fast travel you can just fly over everything even if you haven't been there yet um i mean you can't fly over absolutely everything you kind of can i mean there's like tall stuff everywhere so just as an example i missed an entire system of the game because i I just like flew to Kakariko village. Like that's one of the first places you're supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. I just like climbed a tall thing and practically flew the whole way there. And then I found out later that I missed an entire like upgrade system to upgrade your capacity for shields and So, swords I'll tell you this. That.
1: I missed that exact same thing too. And I finished the game without actually
0: doing that. Yeah, that sucks. That's a bad decision. Why didn't they put that guy in the village? I know. What were they thinking?
1: To me, I don't know. I, I don't know why. It's hard for me to say that why I wasn't annoyed by that stuff.
0: Because you're a Nintendo fanboy. I
1: totally am. <laughs> but that's not the only reason. Um, it just felt like I, it was just an experience. So if I didn't find it, it'd be like in the real world if I, if I don't know all of the little secrets that everybody else knows. It's just... I it never I didn't know you could upgrade my capacity until I finished the game and I looked it up and it was like, oh, there is a way to have more items than you can carry. So it doesn't feel like I was missing it.
0: I like stuff in games that's convenient. So I would feel like I would feel like that would have made the experience a little bit nicer if I could carry more weapons. So I was kind of disappointed, but I don't know. I'll try to play the game for real if I ever have time
1: i mean you, there's no you're under no um <laughs> reason to actually just
0: like the game you could just not like the game no i will never like the stamina system i will fight that to the end terrible terrible game design
1: so this is a weird transition then why did you put a stamina system in super mario brothers
0: crossover <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's a new feature we're <laughs> announcing uh slow movement Yes. You have to get mushrooms to <laughs> increase your stamina. That would be so funny. <laughs> but actually, it would actually affect, because then you wouldn't be able to like make jumps. Right. Although I guess if it, if you could run, if you can move at normal speed for a little while, then you can still make all the jumps, and that would just make you move slower. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Do you it. Can, I want to see it. But to be fair, you can pause the game and eat mushrooms to increase your stamina. I'm ar- I'm already seeing version 2.0 right here. Yeah, so, uh, I feel like this is just my opinion, but I, I think it's based on evidence of just I think people are too nice to Nintendo. I think everyone likes Nintendo too much and gives them too much credit. When other games do the same thing, this is just my little monologue horizon zero dawn and i also didn't even realize that horizon zero dawn was compared to zelda a lot this was Mm -hmm. just my own experience i didn't know comparing the two was a thing and i also played the frozen wilds after i played zelda just to be sure and holy shit that game is so good it is so good so horizon zero dawn is better than zelda in pretty much every way i tried to think of a single way I thought Zelda was better. I can't I can't think of it. I think that people it's just it's because it's Zelda that that's why people say it's awesome. But it is it is a good game. I just don't think it's like amazing as everyone says. Although the one okay, I just thought of one thing that is cool in Zelda. You can go anywhere whenever you want. You know, there's there's some reasons to not allow that but it does allow that that's a choice that they made i think it works for that game um i don't know i should stop uh we should move on i i would have more to say if we had like we could have an entire podcast on just
1: this here's my rebuttal as a massive nintendo (laughs) fanboy okay yes they people always give nintendo too much credit that's the end of it they do they absolutely do um i i mean it's it's part it's part nostalgia um they do make good games that's kind of the thing they do make good games but also it's hard as someone any other studio on the planet if you're going to be compared to nintendo like that it, like they they get the extra. other
0: other studios can make the same game and like they're just say like oh man this nintendo game is so much better like wow it's so brilliant like look at the starting area it actually like starts you in a limited area And then it opens up as if that's never been done before.
1: Part of it too is, is characters. Like it's characters that I grew up with. It's characters that a lot of people grew up with. And when you get to see them in the new thing, like it's, it's part
0: comfort, part fun. No, that was, that was my favorite thing about it. I was like, man, this is like Zelda one, if Zelda one was made today. And I thought that was awesome. So I was happy about that, that they're going back to their roots. Cause I loved Zelda when it was about exploration just get rid of that damn stamina bar. Or stamina circle. <laughs> and don't don't punish me for pressing the fast climb button. So I'm curious.
1: I this is a long term thing I'd I'd like to see if we can do eventually. So there's a Wii U emulator. I don't know how good it is. Dolphin. Uh I don't know if Dolphin does Wii U. I know Dolphin does Wii and game I think Cube. it does. Uh there's one called Citrus, I think. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. That does Wii U um and you can mod it so i'm curious if we could mod the stamina bar out and see if you like the game any better
0: i i would like it better i can already answer that for you
1: i wonder if it would it would be so game breaking these are the things that i don't know like it's not
0: gonna break the game because you can eat they already broke their own game okay oh and by the way i'll tell you how to fix that i think the food you should have had to collect the recipes that would also eliminate the problem of having to look online to see what the recipes are. You should have to collect the recipes to make the food.
1: That's an artifact of Minecraft. Like, that is that was directly inspired, I believe. I've read that somewhere. If not, it's apocryphal. But like... What is inspired by Minecraft? The recipes. Like, Minecraft, you just made things. You just knew oh. the combination. You either looked it up or figured okay. it out by crafting it yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm saying you should actually have to collect the recipe and then you can make it. Because then you don't have to look it up. You don't have to remember.
1: Yeah, so I, I would say I don't like that. I like the idea of... I didn't really enjoy the cooking that much, but I do like the idea of like self-discovery. Like You are the person who just p- puts it together and you figure it out um, to, to find out if you like this combination... Or this combination works. I think that it that's takes a cool too mechanic.
0: Long.
1: It does take a long time. It does.
0: Yes. It also takes a lot. You have to put the things in the... You have to watch them. I will them, say but... I
1: do not like the... Oh, you got to hold the stuff, put it in the bowl. That takes forever.
0: Yeah, speed that up. Totally on board there. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop complaining. Let's talk about something. We're going a little longer than we expected, but we always go long. Yeah. I have to tell you about a game that really surprised me with how good it was. So I, I told you I have a video game store near me that allows me to rent games. So this is cool. And I wish everyone had access to this, but it allows me to play games that I wouldn't normally play. So I played uh, the first Nino Kuni. Yes. When that came out, I didn't finish it because, again, I can't finish games that take too long. So the the combat in that game started taking too long for me. Turn-based, right, if yeah. I remember correctly? Yeah. And I think it had random battles, didn't it? I think um, it did. I don't remember. I stopped yeah. when I was in the desert because I kept fighting everyone in the desert and I was getting mad. So I was like, well, the animation in this Ninokuni 2 looks really cool. I'm going to try it out. It was amazing. It's an amazing game. And I didn't expect it to be. I thought I was just going to play it for like a day or two, but no, I ended up finishing it.
1: That's awesome. Um, it's a game that, um, I again, I didn't, I didn't finish Ninokuni 1, but I did play it. Um, the models in the artwork kind of blew me away because it was it was like ghibli inspired and all that stuff um but i have heard really good things about Nino kuni 2 from a story and uh combat perspective
0: when it first came out it actually got low ratings because it was too easy but the studio did something crazy and they actually listened and they added hard and expert mode so and they, they were totally right, by the way. Normal mode is so easy. <laughs> <It's> so easy. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking the first time. But anyway, put it on hard mode. You're set. Um, it's not... The combat doesn't get... Well, I mean, it does get a little boring after a while, but everything gets boring after a while. But if you are bored, you can just switch it to easy mode and get through the fighting real quick. Um, but it has a lot of really cool systems. There's a kingdom building system. Which I was kind of obsessed with for a little while. Iggy was making fun of me because I'd be like, I got my kingdom to level four. <laughs> Do you believe it? Level four. And yeah, you know, she's just like, whatever.
1: <laughs> That's good.
0: Yeah. Well, it's fun when there's different systems that work together because like, the kingdom building system is completely separate, but all the things you build you know, affect the rest of the game. And that's, I love when games will have completely different things that affect other things. It's really fun. And, you know, trying to find people to fill your kingdom. You gotta, did you play Metal Gear Solid 5? No. Okay. Well, in that game, you do the same thing. You're building a base, but the kingdom system is better. But in that game, you're always like trying to collect people for your mother base. And in this game, you're trying to collect people for your kingdom um but yeah and the story was better than i expected i was actually expecting the ending to be bad but i was like whoa that was that's really good
1: it's um it was just on sale so i might have to pick it up it was like 20 bucks so like that's not too bad
0: yeah it was on sale and it's worth it
1: yeah uh, apparently the pc i just actually finished building my new pc which is like a whole thing um but i can run games at like 4k and 60 hertz now it's amazing and I hear that Ni Kuni 2 is a really good candidate for that. So I might have to pick that up when it's on. Yeah,
0: I'm not really much of a computer gamer. I like to be like sitting on the couch or just like in front of the TV, you know, with a controller.
1: So I have both. So I have like a, a PC for my television now because that's my old one. And now I have a PC for like uh, what I'm doing right now, what I'm on now for more work related things.
0: Yeah, if I... If I really want to play a PC game, I'll actually bring my computer out by the TV. Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to say like Nioh no Two, really great game.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like I said, I I'm glad to hear another person puts a plus on that one because um, I I rarely play RPGs anymore just because of the time investment. But sometimes I really want to just sit down and and kind of veg out to one.
0: And that's what's awesome though. I like that there's difficulty modes. I like that games now have a lot of games have difficulty modes they can change on the fly. Yes. Because so like what I usually do is I'll I'll start the game on the normal difficulty, and then if it feels too easy, I'll switch it to hard. This is for all games I'm saying, and then if it gets too boring because I'm so tired of fighting, then I switch it back down to normal.
1: I have <laughs> a a really hard. Time. i'm really glad that those options exist and i know a yeah. lot of people take advantage of those and that's great i think that all games should have that um ability to to switch on the fly to co- accommodate your play style um i have a mental block when it comes to easy modes i can't let myself play the easy mode even if it would make the game enjoyable i will sit there and bang my head against the is wall is it and,
0: is it your pride are you too prideful to to let go
1: yeah uh, just because i don't know i feel like this dumb game I, I can finish this like I know I can okay um, and so I end up actually getting to getting to a point where I've put games down because I've gotten stuck too many times and instead of just switching it to easy mode and move on I'll forget about it for like a while that had what's happened to me with uh, meat boy I started playing it when it came out ten years eight years ago whenever got stuck at the last boss tried it a few times and just left it And recently, as of like our last podcast, like I beat it just because I couldn't, I don't even know if that one actually has a difficulty one, but there are games that let you knock it down if you need to.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you should switch the difficulty if something's too hard. If being challenged is fun. I'm saying if you're trying to save time. Yeah. that. But I mean, that is something you got to consider when you're playing games as like I think all games should have stuff to make it if you're busy, like if you don't have a lot of time to play. Like they should have stuff that makes it so you can play the game faster so if you're a busy adult, you can still play the game. That's my yeah. personal philosophy and if I ever release a game with something that takes too long, tell me. I will I'll fix that shit. <laughs>
1: um I mean that's kind of why I like my favorite games are because I grew up with them and otherwise, but 2d platformers because they're usually concise and they're action heavy. So like it's a lot of response time and learning the game. Um, but also, like I said, it's because of the, the, the time commitment. I don't have to, you know, I could play Mega Man 11, which by the way is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have to worry about it. I can play one thing,
0: put it down, come back to it. It's no problem. Uh, and so for our final topic, um, we're doing something a little bit different just because I want to bring attention to just like artists of any kind or creators of any kind. Um, You know, you don't create in a vacuum, not literally. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. That's a saying. Yeah. Uh, You create in, in real life on on planet earth uh, and you're affected by the things that are happening around you. So, I've noticed that for the last few months, like even just working on the game has been more difficult and I've been a lot less productive because of uh, just a lot of the things that are happening in the United States. And I think that gamers are smart and that they can handle us talking about uh, a little bit of real-world things relating real-world things to making games... um,
1: yeah. So actually, I don't try to hide my own politics that much just because uh, it's it's fundamental to who what I am and what I do as well as uh, I think it does a disservice to what you work on, what you care about to, to try to hide that. One of the best. Uh, also, it's false to say that everything doesn't have a political tinge to it. There's a lot of people who say, like, I'll keep politics out of my games, keep it out of my comic books, keep it out of my movies. But every single thing that each one of those things does contains something political. Even if it's too hard not be political, that is a political statement in and of itself. Um, And one of the best, like, you know, chef's kiss things that I read was uh, Vox put out a video that was about... World War I reconstructive facial reconstruction. So people made like porcelain masks to cover up the damage that happened during the war. And uh, there was a person who did it in France and they would take photos with these prosthetics on their, their faces. And somebody in the comments put, finally, Vox is putting out something not political. And I was like, it's literally about a war. Just because it's not about an election, that's crazy. So I don't know, that's kind of
0: my uh, link to, to that. Even for me, like I don't even feel at this point that the word political even matters. Yeah. To me it's it's morality. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should run away from talking about uh what's moral and what's immoral. Um because things have gotten so bad that and they will continue to get worse, sadly you know, we can't just ignore it and we can't pretend that games are all that we do or like the only thing I do is make games and nothing else matters. Like I, I feel if we only are talking about the games and I'm not saying we like are, are diving into politics head on. I'm just saying that I want to emphasize how, uh, things that happen uh, with the government, uh, with the rest of the world, it matters. And the reason I'm saying that is because I didn't think that they mattered before. Um, I only became aware of the kind of how crazy our political system had gotten um, shortly before the 2016 presidential election. And just like every day I would, I would just keep saying like, why, like, why didn't someone tell me that this was so important? That like voting was so important that who, who's running the government is so important. Who, like not even just running it, like every little position in government is so important. It affects people. People die because of the decisions made by people in power. Everything
1: has has a very real world consequence. Um, we both live in the United States, so a lot of this stuff that um, civic duty and stuff—it's kind of instilled into you, but it's kind of like a thing for other people. I felt like that was initially when I was growing I, up. It, I
0: don't feel like I don't feel like it was communicated to me.
1: I mean, yeah. Aside from like one government class where they kind of told you the outlines of how things worked. Um, it, it isn't and it does seem like the people who care about that are going to take care of it
0: yeah but even if they're just telling you this is how the government works that's not telling you that you need to get involved or like what you do matters
1: i absolutely agree with that
0: yes yeah. so I, I did have classes that showed or that told me like the government has three branches the executive right. judicial and legislative
1: checks and balances
0: but but it's like it's like who cares you know it's like i don't care <laughs> it's like i'm just trying to like back then i was trying to make movies like i'm just trying to make a movie i don't care about how the government works
1: myself included it, it got to the point where we got comfortable at least i got comfortable for a while yeah and uh you can see now the fragility of the system in place mm-hmm. and it's not just here it's it's everywhere so you're seeing it play out on a world stage uh brazil just yeah elected was, a far-right leader i know it Sucks. um it sucks uh like a true fascist, you can't take these things for granted, which means you might have to have an uncomfortable conversation, talk about it in the open, talk about what we can do, talk about the effects on people. Even if it doesn't feel like it affects you, it definitely affects people around you and people you don't even think about. Um, one great thing that I, I try to say is like healthcare, healthcare in this country is really, really messed up. And people in game dev, especially indie game dev, um, if you don't have a spouse or a partner that has health insurance that allows you to be on it, you either lose a lot of money or you go without health insurance. Like it has direct impacts
0: on something that you're creating. Even if you do have health insurance, it's still expensive to go to the doctor. Um, I haven't been to the doctor in five years, just because we don't have a lot of money. Right, and, and to, me, that's, to me,
1: that is a moral failing. The fact that we have people in this country who have to choose between going to the doctor and paying for food and stuff like that. Like, that's a really bad choice that shouldn't, especially for the most wealthy nation on the planet. Yeah. And, um, I I mean, I do hope to get into this more deeply later or or different topics on how it relates.
0: Yeah. I feel like we can sort of talk about, like, these real-world issues, like, a little bit at the end yeah. of each episode maybe like just sort of as like a supplement to the other content to try to bring it home and show you know that all this stuff matters and maybe we can we can also see how the community thinks about this how how they want us to do this or maybe they'll want us to do a full episode on like just talking about real world issues
1: there's a really good podcast if you're into left podcast uh, left politics which is where i live um uh, called no cartridge i actually met the the guy who runs that podcast um at i went to a fighting game tournament and i met him through a friend who knew who listened to his podcast and he it's always an intersection of left politics and gaming it's Uh a really good like combination of that um and, I, and it is one of those things where it's like, oh, these things don't seem related, but they are. Like, it's all, re- it's everything's related. There's there's no way you can separate out that from the two. Yeah, so I would love to continue to talk about that. Personally, uh, since 2016, I've helped run, um, I, I do help run a, an activist organization locally. Um, and And I've gotten involved in local politics and stuff like that. And I will say, if you're feeling stressed or you're feeling down maybe you're not but if you are that has helped me overcome it more than anything like getting involved with people who care you can see that there are you're not alone there are people who genuinely want to care
0: and i would say if you're not stressed out about it then you're not paying attention or you don't understand the magnitude of the things that are happening because it is scary i don't know what your most important issue is but for me it's climate change what do you have? The most important?
1: Um, I have many important things. I, it's hard, for, like because I help run a group. Like there are so many issues, and it really is. It's got to be like switching. You got to context switch all of it. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Climate change is really important. Healthcare is really important because of the immediacy for people. Sometimes,
0: I mean, you can make cases for a lot of these issues. Yeah, I feel like the end of the human race is also very important.
1: I am absolutely like it's incredibly important and i think that part of doing this stuff is seeing that like how all of it ties in and you can you can tackle all those things as well and should
0: yeah and you can have an effect on it i've i've also done a little bit not as much as you um i knew how important the governor's race was in wisconsin and just you know not bragging but you know oh man he's gone and it's great (laughs) yeah scott walker was uh He lost his election so I was involved a little bit in the the primary for the governor my guy didn't win but uh I helped uh edit some videos for them so not not a whole lot um if I didn't feel like I had to spend all my time working I'd be spending a lot more time uh volunteering I feel like locally is where you can have a bigger impact yes absolutely especially your state's not looking so good i mean at least from the midterms (laughs) so yeah um he's from indiana by the way
1: yeah i'm i live in indiana right now and uh part of it was uh structurally uh you know of the two parties that exist and you can have your feelings on the parties and i think that there's failings in the democratic party
0: because i'm not blind i don't think we should do false equivalency though the I'm, I'm absolutely not the republican party has gone insane there are improvements
1: to be made is what i guess i'm saying um the indiana democratic party has issues structurally that need to be addressed so you saw that play out in what had happened in the senate's re- senate race It wasn't even close joe donnelly got blown out of the water uh joe donnelly also attacked uh people on the left yeah
0: did you see we- his ads
1: yeah, I definitely saw his ads. Um, th- that upset a lot of people. That was working. the worst
0: thing I've ever seen.
1: I don't know why, strategy-wise. I mean, I don't want to get too too inside baseball, but like, you're, there's a lot of people who were going to bat for him who felt incredibly offended by those ads. Um, and I don't know how they ended up voting, but either way... Well, it's a way to
0: not rile up your base and actually scare them away.
1: But I will say locally... Um, there was a lot of people that we had, uh, endorsed and worked with that did end up winning.
0: Oh, like, uh, which, uh, races
1: or what? So county counselors, uh, sheriff, like these things that you don't really think about that actually have really immediate effects on the, the place that you live in. Yeah. So, and, and basically going from a place that doesn't have a lot of infrastructure because a lot of places don't have a lot of infrastructure for, um, either, either party. Like there's not a lot of infrastructure that it's kind of like federal government has a lot of play, but you can start building that out. You can help with that. You can, you don't have to be a part of it too. You can push issues. If you care about climate change, you can do things specific to climate change that push people from either direction towards a solution. Um, And I think that that's super important just to get involved in things that you feel are important.
0: Yeah. And I think the most, um, even though climate change is the most important issue to me, although, I mean, there's lots of them that are super important. uh, I think getting money out of politics is the, the most important thing to be done. And that's a really hard thing to do. But I think that that's one of the things that everyone needs to focus on.
1: I think it starts when you have candidates that refuse to accept Yeah.
0: So we're getting we're getting a lot more candidates that are doing that and that's helping a lot. It's starting to bring the issue more out into the open, more people are talking about it.
1: And you, you can start electing people who aren't beholden to large moneyed interests, so when they get to a position of power, they can start enacting laws to limit that. Yeah. Um because Citizens United wrecked a lot of stuff. You, it, it was immediate. You saw the immediate effects of having um, unlimited spending in campaigns and how that affects politicians. So, I mean, I do think that that is a structural problem that needs to be addressed. I think the candidates who run on that now also have um, a lot of goodwill with people. They see like, oh, they're not in the pocket of somebody else. Um, Beto O'Rourke was a good one. He didn't win, but look at what he did.
0: Yeah, I feel that the candidates that aren't taking corporate or PAC money, they need to stress that. Yes, you know, like that, like they should be saying, "I'm I'm the one that's against corruption." I guess I don't want to get too.
1: Yeah, it's like strategy. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's so much there.
0: Yeah, I mean, is there anything else? um, I mean, again, we can go more into stuff like this in the future, but um, is there anything else you want to mention right now?
1: Really, I want to, I want to talk more about all of this stuff, as we go forward. Um, yeah. I, I would like to see feedback, but I don't wanna see feedback that's like, stay out of politics, I don't care about that. If you don't, turn it off. Turn off the end of the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's too important, it is actually-
0: Those people don't understand.
1: It's so much a part of my life, and actually what I've been doing for the past two years has been organizing, local organizing. I would like to share some of that and how it affects people who are, you know, in a, from any walk of life, it really does matter. Um, so I, I, I don't have anything profound to say right now, but I do want to keep talking about this as we go forward.
0: Yeah. And for me, um, another thing that was a result of Trump getting elected that I was really worried about, and now it's, it's starting to happen more, is just um, just hate. Oh, yeah. You know, is um, and bigotry, just all of that is becoming more common because the leader hard you know hard to even use, use that I know. word. But the president of this country is the one um promoting that and he's being a bully. And so he's uh basically saying like, hey it's okay to be a bully and it's okay to hate people if they're different than you. Uh it's not okay. And whatever we can do to get people to understand you know everybody's just like you <laughs> oh yeah uh just whatever we can do to and also there's the you know it's turning into actual more violence now because we're also drowning in guns this country um, guns everywhere the
1: fbi just released um that you know hate crimes are on the rise the southern poverty
0: law center has shown percent increase yep. you want to hear something crazy what's that so i live in wisconsin there was just a company in Wisconsin that, for their Christmas present for their employees, they're giving them all a handgun. Oh, cool! Cool! Awesome! And some people don't even know how to use them. Yeah, but they're all they're all getting a handgun for Christmas. What kind of a world is this?
1: Yeah it it's crazy um, that. That is another issue that is, like one on the stack of issues that need to be addressed. Um, luckily, we, we saw signs of that wall kind of cracking in this election, and yeah. our uh, endorsed candidates Eventually. lost. It took like yeah. a week. <laughs> well, and it took it took like that, and also it took, uh, you know, the students of Parkland organizing. It took oh yeah a lot of organizing. Um, tragedies, people dying continually, and it just it just happened like two weeks ago. Again, And it's going to keep happening. Uh, like I said, there's so many issues we can focus on. And I do think that maybe we should focus on that, like a specific.
0: It might be good to yeah. Yeah, focus on one specific issue for each episode. Or yeah. And, yeah. and we'll see what people think about this. But I want to talk about it either way. It's at the end of the podcast. If you really want to put your head in the sand and just ignore everything, you don't have to listen. You just stop it at the
1: end. But, yeah, I do want to highlight some of this stuff because it is it is incredibly important um we're all if you're listening to this in the United States, we all have a voice, we all have uh input into this system at least for now, and we shouldn't forget that
0: and the the midterms showed that you know if we work hard, we can make a difference
1: but uh yeah that's that was a pocket. we covered a lot of stuff
0: we did uh play the game. <laughs> it's hard jumping from, you know, happy topics to like, Oh, you know, be careful. I actually, yeah, I actually don't think that the last topic is, uh,
1: bad. I think it's, it's good to talk about it because I want I actually want to highlight how good organizing and being involved can be. It's, it's, yeah.
0: And I would like for you, I would like for you to tell me more about that so that I don't feel so depressed all the time. Yeah. So this was episode four. Episode four of our podcast. Um, We are going to try and get more patrons so we will be figuring out how we're going to be using Patreon in the future but we do have a Patreon page Uh, so if you do like what you're hearing and you like the game, uh, become a patron and you can also join the Discord and tell us uh, what kind of uh, rewards you're interested in for Patreon. And yeah, definitely join the community on Discord. Uh, play the game and remember that the game is very early expect it to be glitchy don't bother reporting or telling me about bugs unless it's like a game-breaking bug even then i probably know about it but (laughs) just uh i don't know let's uh get a community going again and see what we can do to fix the world at the same time yeah so uh until
1: next time I'll, i'll catch you guys in the discord
0: yeah cool we'll see you guys there have a good one
1: bye